Welcome to Visibility Unlimited Podcast, hosted by Leslie Short from the Cabo Group. We will be covering topics that are important to diversity and inclusion, company culture, leadership, and the role that each of us plays within those topics. And I bring four decades of experience when I created the Cabo Group to advise companies and organizations how to expand beyond their current culture through the diversity and inclusion lens. My focus is designed to seek growth through open conversation, conflict coaching, trainings, and workshops. I firmly believe that issues don't go away just because programs are in place, but by continually evolving and having a channel to listen, to understand the people who are our greatest assets. I am also a speaker, chaplain, activist, certified mental health aide, mediator, conflict, and transformational coach, as well as a CEO and leadership advisor. I look forward to my new book, They and Them, Making It We and Us, a realistic approach to diversity and inclusion, which will be available January 2021. Thanks for joining. We are in polarizing times. So what are your trigger words and what are your phrases that drive you crazy? Join us for the conversation. Thank you everyone for joining us for week 13, uh, webinar 13, um, titled, What are your trigger words um, and words matter? Um, So again, this is, Village Collective. I am Mike with the Village Collective, as well as we have Leslie Short of the Cabo Group um, slash slash Visibility Unlimited. Um, we do ask that if you have any questions while we're going through this discussion, or you want to add to it, if you can just put it in the comment box that allows Leslie or I to be able to see that question and be able to pose it. Um, any other time when you're not speaking, we do ask that the um, you keep your microphone on mute just so there's no feedback on there. And with that being said, I will hand it over to Leslie to get us started here. Good evening, everyone. As always, thank you for joining. I was excited about this one because the more I have conversations with people and companies, the more this comes up. What's your trigger words? What's your trigger phrases? I know I asked some in the invite, you know, oh, you speak well, or, oh, for your age, you look great, or or some of the words (laughs) that are happening now, uh, woke, that drives me crazy. We're getting to that in a moment. Settle down, not a fan of that phrase. Master, if you saw my post the other day, I never really thought about it, but I'm going to get back to that as well. Urban. Not another favorite of mine. Um, you speak well, they and them, and have about black and colored among so many others. Now, since all of this has started, um, I think I have to repeat it 10,000 times. I've never said the word black as much as I said in the last month. I'm black, you're black, you gotta like black. Can we just matter? How about black? Black lives matter. But with all the times I've said it, there's so many others that do not want to say that word black. I don't, from the, call it what it is, the vice president all the way down. So what is, I don't know why black is, has become such a triggering word. And we all know, any of us that live in New York, black is a staple to our lives or anyone who works with me events. We have a closet full of black items, but to put black in lives, Woo, culturizing. Um, the word woke, now, it drives me crazy. This is my bias, my personal thing. What exactly are you woke from? And now that you're woke, what will you do? So maybe I'm asking too much. <laughs> so, you know me, feel free to start jumping in. Because that woke really takes me somewhere else. And I remember President Obama saying, I need everyone to stop saying woke. What, what does that mean? Or what are you going to do? And I found myself going, wow, I asked the same thing. And then master. Never thought about the word master 
um, until now, because we're in such a polarizing everything, <laughs> offend someone, we know the real estate uh, world is now looking at no longer calling the master bat bedroom master. I guess they're going to say the big bedroom over there. Now, I understand that it came from slavery, and that was the master's bedroom. But they haven't given me an alternative to say master bedroom. So my thoughts are still out on that one. Now, I remember as a little girl, my parents said to me, oh, we think we're going to go to the Quaker school and look at that for you. Now, number one, they were wearing a uniform, so that was not going to happen. And number two, they said, hey, you know, the headmaster, you call him master. And I, as a little girl, I'm not that different. I was like, nah, I'm not calling anybody master. I have one master for my faith. That's who that is. And that's going to be it. And I'm not calling anybody walking on this earth master. You know, that's not going to work for me. Uniform, master, we're done. So but I never thought about it again until the article about changing real estate calling master. So that's become a triggering word. Urban. Urban for me, when I worked in fashion. Now, I know there are urban planners. Architect, I get that. But the word urban for me was polarizing when I went into the fashion world because it was used in retail as a code word for black. And so in the department store, and I'll, full disclosure, I was president of marketing, advertising, and PR for Food with a Collection, which is considered, in their mind, urban wear. And so I used to say, is it urban because there's four black men that own the company? Is it urban because of the size? Is it urban because they're from New York? Please explain to me what that means. And no one could say it. So I was like, ah, oh, so they're black. Got it. But before I joined FUBU, I said in those executive offices at a large retail that I will not say the name, very frustrating, uh, that said, we don't want to call it young men's anymore. We want to, young men's is no longer selling. So now that we have all the streetwear, urban wear, let's call it that and bring in the cool, you know, those people. That's where those, they, them, and those. But we have to be careful because those people still, I was like, who are they in them? Who are those? And they'd be like, oh, Leslie, you know, not you. And I was like, still don't know. I, what's, who, who, who's not me? And you know, no. And you know, they wouldn't say it. And so I have forced them to finally say, well, you know, um, the ones that wear that. Still don't know because I'm doing my research for FUBU and their largest you know, buyers are skateboard. So I'm so confused. Who are they in them? So there's that. Then it's the, oh, you speak so well, or the settle down. And I think as, I think you hear that more for as a woman thing. Um, and especially in a workplace, we need you to settle down. Don't be so emotional. Um, and I'm always like, oh, you haven't seen emotion, but I'm happy to show it to you. <laughs> like, this is me settled down. This is me holding on very tight, <laughs> not to say something that I may or may not regret. And then the, I actually heard someone say to someone that had a disability that was in a chair, do you really need your chair? Like, can't you just get up and move? So the craziness of triggers and words have meaning. You know, I'm a big one on having the conversation on the difference between race, racism, and racist. Let's talk about anti-Semitic. Anti so what does all of this mean? We're so quick to label people or to throw it out without context. And so I am wondering, and you can put it in a chat, in, I'm not going to tell that my counterparts off in Vegas, he threatened me to be by the pool as he was doing the webinar. So I'm just calling him out. So if you lose him in and out, um, it's because he's away. So if you want to start putting in the chat, what are some of your trigger words or phrases? Because I, I will say, 
I will say this. I'm still here. I'm just not showing my video. But I'm still here. You moved to the pole. It was a setup. Uh, so what are some of your trigger phrases? I know some of you were sharing them with me as I was putting it up, but I would love to hear. I was on a phone call the other day and it was with someone from Europe and they said, oh, you know, all the colored people. And I said, okay, purple people? And <laughs> she said, you know, no, the colored like you. And I said, well, I, I, I love Deborah, love your eyes there. I said, well, I understand that in your country, colored is a race. They consider that a race. But if you're going to be doing business in America and you use the word color, you're probably going to have your feelings hurt more than you ever know. So let me share with you that that's not a word for where that has come from to where we are now. And that is not going to be a trigger. That's going to be an issue. <laughs> and to be able to explain that, but we have to understand, even as we begin to work globally, what are the different words and meanings that are used? And then when it triggers us, do we take the time to share? Because the other phrase we all know that I've spoken about is, I don't see color. And I just had a conversation with someone and he was like, but listen, you know I don't see color. And I said, how could you not see color where we worked before? He goes, because I still respected everyone. I said, and I, that's what I liked about you. You did show respect to everyone, but that's difference of not seeing color. So how do you not see color and have a conversation that you want to be part of humanity? Part of humanity is recognizing everything that we all bring to the table. And part of that is going to be our skin color, our hair color, our eye color, our cute shoe color, um, anything that it is, that's part of us. So again, what's triggering? So it looks like um, Erica, just put a comment up there as well. And Erica, you can unmute your mic and, um, and just ask the question directly. Oh, it's just a long comment because I have a lot of trigger words depending on the context. So there's, I'm in the marketing world and in advertising too, it's always urban. And I'm like, okay, like let's talk about what we're talking about. Um, but in the marketing world, there's all sorts of, I even have a game called jargon and it's all filled with marketing garbage jargon like leslie and i are going to walk down the critical path because this is <laughs> and our synergy we're going to leverage our synergies it's all sorts of gobbledygook that doesn't actually mean anything i love um, secret sauce like what what, what is that secret sauce makes me bananas um and and settle down calm down like if you want to see me like go right through the roof tell me to calm down. Um, <laughs> so, and then more recently I've heard things like people say BIPOC as if it's a word. And I'm like, can we like, A, do you know what you're talking about? B, like, don't. Um, but that goes it, back to why is black so polarizing? Right. I, I mean, I hate to say it, it gives us so much more leverage to the black folks that we never knew we had. Thanks for sharing. Like, <laughs> we had known this, things could maybe could have been different sooner. What is that that makes it so, and I'm not being funny, if, if you all have had this discussion or why that put all the initiatives together and then it makes it easier for us to have that conversation, somebody please share that with me, enlighten me. Well, I think some of it was just growing up, like, you know, as a good girl from who grew up primarily in the 80s, it was you don't see color and African American and you don't you don't talk about these things. And so as language has shifted, when I first heard somebody refer to me as white, I was like, that's that's weird. Like I had no it had never happened before. So I had no idea how to how to even respond to it because it was like oh and it, it took a while and like now i can say like i am clearly a white girl but it took a while to get there 
So I think some of it is just that was such a taboo word that it, it as a kid, I always thought that that was the rude way to talk about somebody who was black. And, and, and so, you know, people always ask me, so what is it? Is it black or is it African-American? I go, well, that's a personal choice. You know, I'm in corporate meetings now and I say black folks. <laughs> that's the way I, I do my corporate training. So I'm like, is this a way to maybe make it not so polarizing um, just to be able to say it? But there's more than that. It, it is the, I don't, I don't know, the, the shortening of the B-I-P-O-C. And it's just a nice way to make everyone feel comfortable in a very uncomfortable time. But the, the reality is that doesn't work. I refuse to write the B-I-P-O-C, whatever it is. I just refuse, um, you know, you know, I, I just refuse to accept that. Like it, it needs to be, um, oh, I couldn't hear you're being sensitive today. Yeah, or <laughs> um, we need to move past some of these. And I, I think is, is it calling it out when you see it or hear it? You know, is that the thing? Is it gay? Is it bi? Um, I've heard black people call, which cringes my soul. Oh, with a bunch of crackers. Just the way the N-word cringes my soul. And I'm just like, okay, at what point, at what point do we begin to move past some of this? Or we're just gonna stay here. So let's start calling things what they are. Let's stop relabeling. Um, urban educate. Oh my God. Okay, I gotta come back to that one. Um, because I want to come back to um. Yeah, and what world is telling someone to calm down that they ever calm down or relax? You know, that's, and I almost go back to when you're on the phone and you're calling 911, they say relax. I don't know how many news stories you all watch. That just raises everyone, oh, relax, get here. That doesn't really, I, I get why the operator is saying it, but I'm hoping one day there's a different training of being able to say, Take a breath, take a moment with me. Now come back. That's not how they're trained. So everyone goes relaxed and that takes everybody's blood pressure up. Urban learning. I, okay, what, what, Kelly, help me. What is that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think that's part of the problem. Um, I mean, I, so I'm in my, I'm getting my PhD in English education right now and it's, you hear it all the time. Um, urban education and I, it's, to gifted education, but and that'll help me explain why it bothers me. So gifted education talks learning for the individual, finding creative ways to teach, right? Why aren't we doing that for all kids, right? I understand, right. And so similar way for a different reason that it's like, okay, well, aren't we talking about equality in education? right? Isn't that what we're actually talking about? In what ways can we find equality and equity in education? Um, and, and why is there a, a different kind of outreach without really always acknowledging the other deficits that are happening in those communities, the other systemic racism that's happening in those communities? And I'm not saying everybody who uses the term doesn't talk about it that way, but I think they talk about it like, oh, you know, focusing on urban education is going to help fix the problem without as much conversation about poverty, about redlining, about, you know, funding of that education. Like it just, that phrase, whenever I hear it, I go, that sounds like you're putting a bandaid on a bigger wound to me. So. Well, did you see the news story today? They came out that they arrested the 15 year old girl, black girl's special needs yep. um, are home, you know, home. Everyone's at home trying to, in school and because she needed extra help, not because she was black, but because she, the learning that way did not work for her and was not awarded to her, they arrested her because they said that she was being treated. So again, we have these things that are happening that when we label or use these phrases, exactly, we're not looking at everything else that, that grows in 
to why this this one issue is what we're paying attention to as opposed to the 15 issues that are behind. You know, so when we use these phrases, like yes, yeah, some of them do come back from history. But why do why are we why are we trying to change the name and put a band-aid over urban young men's whatever that is, you know, mm -hmm. redlining poverty, urban education, like that just if you're not doing urban planning, which I understand, which still drives me nuts as a <laughs> career field of what that is, but to say the urban neighborhoods, so that means there's just no good, that nothing comes from them because we're just gonna put them over in urban. And then someone sent me a sign in from Japan. They know it gets under my skin. And they said, see Leslie, in Japan it says urban. I was like, I think you forgot I lived in Japan. And that Japan copies uh, what they see in America without zero context sometimes. <laughs> and they just put it up and urban food. And it wasn't, it, it just, it was sushi. So, it, it, you know, there was just zero context of what that is, context of that. So someone said it's about being scared to use the wrong word. But then that, does it come back to us, which I believe it does, to educate ourselves on what the right words are or to just to ask? You know, there's, you don't use handicap. You know, able-bodied disabilities. And some of the disabilities have kind of shifted differently on that. So there's not one person that is the same that wants to be categorized or labeled either. Just as I think you ask anyone, what's, hi, what's your name? Instead of going, oh, well, the disabled person, the handicapped person, or when they used to say midget, which still gets under my, as opposed to little person, as to, to what does someone tell me, um, vertically challenged. I was like, well, I don't know how many people are going to know to say that <laughs> or feel that that's right to say that, but that's the way that they want it to, um, to be addressed. Yes, autism as opposed to autistic. Share, share more on that, Kelly, if you. Well, I think it's, um, and, and it actually would tie in to what Deborah had just said about um, deaf and dumb, right? Obviously speak to you from her own experience, but but similar with uh, with other disabilities is that you're saying this is a person who is on the spectrum or a person with autism instead of an autistic person. Um, racially, I, I one of the ones I'm trying to fix in terms of um, racist language is saying enslaved person instead of slave. That it's in both cases, it's pulling something rather than using that as the main identifier of that person. You're, you're textualizing, right? That's great. Yeah, so if, if you don't mind speaking, if your parents are deaf, what do they, do they have a preference on how they, one, we shouldn't be labeled, but. I mean, just really just saying deaf, but to, you know, I mean, for how long people just kind of associate the two go together? Like you're deaf, okay, you're dumb. It's like, are you kidding me? You know, I mean, it's just terrible. Or, oh, they're mute. It's like, no, they can talk. They're not, you know, it's so, it's just like you said, understanding and asking the question. And we've become either anything how you ask the question, <laughs> you know, um, the, oh, well, your hair has to feel like Merlot, which has been said, um, can I touch it? So why would you want to touch a Brillo pad then? Like, like, like that's, but that has come up where that's what it is or that are blacky or darky. You know, our phrase is, well, you're dark, so you're just going to be called darky. And it's a, it's a joke. So that's your new nickname. Well, whitey shouldn't be called either. You're whiter than white. But like, what? where is this coming from? So we have from every field of, you know, the reason I say LGBTQ plus plus, I could go on with pluses. And I go because everyone has a right to identify as they would like to identify. And because there are a lot of letters <laughs> now that 
I do not want to butcher every time I say them. I trip over the LGBTQ plus plus, um, but I do it out of respect. And when I um, moderated a LGBTQ plus plus panel the other day, I asked that before I moderated, is it offensive? And if it is, please let me know. I just, I felt, and after speaking to several, that that was the best way to try to be inclusive to the best of the having the conversation and allowing everyone to identify as they, as they wish. Um, so per, yes, per, person first language, I think is very important in order to, to move this. But how do you correct someone when that trigger happens? That's what I'm intrigued by. Do you call them out on it? Anyone can answer that. Because I know I have. Um, I have too. I have a, a friend from college who's a little person. And um, and partly because I think, you know, that was way back in 19... Um, <laughs> and we met. And that was, and that was when she told me, you know, what, what terms she preferred. And, um, and that was before any of the shows, TLC, you know, little people, big world, all of that. Um, and so anytime somebody says midget or dwarf, unless they're talking, right. Unless they're talking about dwarfism as a condition, right. Um, I always call that one out and I, and I use someone specific, you know, I say my friend, Jen, like my, and, and you know, if they're like, oh, it doesn't really matter. I'm like, well, my friend, Jen, you know whose husband is a little person <laughs> as well, you know, like, it, and then people stop. Um, it's something, and I don't know how questionable this is, but all, it just reminded me when I was in college, if somebody would say something racist and I would call them on it they, because they just assumed, you know, if you're a white person, you're okay with it. And um, right. And I, I told somebody a couple times, I was like, you know, my grandmother's black and they were like, what? So sorry. And I went, and I know this, this, I was, I was like 20 when I did this. So you know, 19, so I don't do it anymore, but I was like, no, but would that make a difference in how you use that language? You know, and I know it was probably a questionable tactic. It's not something I do now, but it's, it, it showed me something that when people see that you have a personal connection or they think you have a personal connection, they shift immediately yep. in those, in those spaces, in what, white spaces right so it's something yeah when i call it out sometimes i'll add a personal thing to it sometimes i'll just say it's stupid and it's racist but depends on how nice i'm feeling that day i guess <laughs> that, because that's a question that i'm getting also when i'm with companies like how do we say how do we stop it and i'm always like well there's several ways you can stop it and it just depends on the situation one you never want to put yourself in danger number one someone's crazy someone's crazy but two, if, you know, I'm like, I always kind of make the, seriously, seriously, that's where we're going. Um, you know, without even saying anything, but people know when I hit you with the seriously. Um, or I will pull that person aside later and be like, honestly, that just wasn't cool for me. And I'm not speaking for the other person. I don't know how they feel. I'm just letting you know how I feel. And then I may go to the other person and just say, I apologize. Please, please know I didn't say anything at the moment, but I dealt with them the way that I felt that I could at that time. Because if we don't call it out, it's going to continue. So when I had friends come, you know, when people could travel from France a year ago and someone said, oh, the wetback. Oh. I said, what? And they said, you know, the Mexicans, the wetbacks. And I said, okay, teaching moment. I said, where did you, where did you hear that from? And they said, oh, someone told me that that's what you called them. I said, well, they were wrong. And you are in America. And in America, that's absolutely wrong. And in France, that's absolutely wrong. And in Europe, that's absolutely wrong. And it, it and then I broke and I said, think about, how upset you got when someone called me the N word. And then it clicked. 
and they were like, that's what it means. I said, in, in reference to, you don't want to call someone Hispanic a spick either. You don't want to have, you don't want to assume Spanish. This is ask, or this is, if someone said, just say hello, <laughs> ask their name and don't assume from their name. But people are quick to throw those words out, um, not even realizing sometimes what's going to trigger. So I think I may have told you about the story when I was in a meeting and someone said, oh, he's the, what, they say, um, he's the grand poopa or uh, the grand master. It was master, that master word has come up several times. I'm just realizing that now. And I said, wait, what? And, and, and then I caught myself because I was actually assessing the company. And then when I went to the CEO and I said, I want to bring this up. I understand that this is not what he meant. It wasn't used. It was used as uh, you figured out the big problem and you're the grandmaster. And it was really him kissing your butt. <laughs> is what I, but with black folks sitting in that room, if you didn't notice the faces, that's where it came from. And he, of course, turned red. And I said, I'm going to have a conversation with him, not in a scolding way, in an educational way that you sometimes need to be. And that was the thing that I said, it was so comfortable. Wasn't used to having me there and pretty much had ignored the other black people that were in the room because that's what he normally does. So there was zero context of what he was saying could affect someone else. And they felt that they couldn't say anything. And so as we walk through this new journey, eh, not so new journey of everything's a trigger, everything is a knee-jerk reaction of how we're going to um, react. You see people getting fired for their comments, for their phrases, for using uh, things from, and it's white and black. You saw what happened with Nick Cannon last night. You see what's going on with the chicken burger. There, what I'm, I'm concerned about, and this is different than trigger, but it isn't different than trigger, is that we are not educating ourselves on these things and knee-jerking everything or putting a Band-Aid over it instead of saying, hey, let me take a course on or let me look up this word. You know, I'm sitting in disability courses in between everything else I'm doing because New York City is giving great courses on from their disability department. And I'm like, I also wanna make sure I'm always trying to stay on top, not only from the people that I know, but what they're saying in the industry, how they're building programs. And we just don't take the time to say to someone, hey, here's some new knowledge on this, because we all know that everyone knows better than all of us anyway. But if we don't say, stop, that's offensive, that's bothersome, and explain why, then we're part of the cause and not part of the solution as well. Any other I, triggers? I, I have a question for you. Like, yes. but, where does it, but where does it start? Like, what is the, when you're saying explaining, you know, what offends us or explaining, you know, what some of our words are, like, it just sounds like in the course of a day, we would be explaining our entire life away, you know, um, and and it gets it gets it gets kind of you know tiresome to a certain extent to have to always explain this may be offensive to me because what may be offensive to me may not be offensive to someone else, and we we, we kind of had that conversation last week where I've always considered myself black, you know, um, I have no problem with somebody calling me black. Um, but then again, you know, somebody else may not feel that same way about walking up to them because they may be, say, Haitian American and they may be Dominican American, you know, and may not and may not want to be be called that way. So I guess, you know, where do we where's the line drawn, you know, where it's like explaining, having to explain yourself away, explain your viewpoints and, and try not to offend other people, I guess you could say. Like, what's that delineation there? Well, one. 
people don't know how you want to be treated unless you teach them how you want to be treated and what you will accept and not accept. So that depends on the moment. Sometimes, yes, you just let it go. Like, I'm going to see this person one more time. They're going to have to learn from somebody else. They're going to say it and they're going to get feeling sure. Today is, not, today is your lucky day. I'm not going to teach you. I'm exhausted. I get that. But again, if there is something that triggers, I'm going to say it because you need to know that that's not acceptable to me. And so you get the one or two times to slip before I have to say, done, you don't want to learn. And so it's up, it's like with anything. If you do not tell people what's acceptable to you, it they may have treated everyone a certain way. You know, I always speak about the salesman that screamed on everyone, white, black, purple, green. That's how he spoke to all the salesmen. And then he would, because they were more men, yo, inward, out of his mouth like it was like he was drinking water. Yo, come on over here. And well, it's in rap songs. Why can't I say it? He made the mistake of coming at me that way. It wasn't a good day for either one of us. Because when I swirled around on my three inch heels and I said, okay, number one, the way you speak to your salesman, if that works for them, that works for them. That does not work for me. It will not work for me. So therefore, this is how you will need to speak to me going forward. Or do me a favor, don't speak to me at all. And he just looked at me because no one had ever said it. And I said, I'm only going to repeat this so many times. We're going to have to work together, so we need to figure this out. Or better yet, you need to figure it out. And he was just like, the new girl's crazy. And I was like, spread that around. <laughs> Everybody know that. I'm good at letting everyone know that. So you do have to sometimes pick and choose your battles. You know, what, 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 what's the battle I want to have today? And we shouldn't have to be that way. It shouldn't have to be a battle. We have people that are oversensitive at this moment. And let me take that back because that's not, that's not fair to me. Everyone has their level of what they will take. Okay? So I, I want to say that. I want to take that back. We don't all know each other's level. We don't know their context of, of where they've been or from where they've come from. So you just can't assume that everyone that is appears white, that's all they have in their family. You know, I, I love someone's post and Kelly was here the other day. It says my family looks like this and it had like 15 shades of <laughs> of colors. You know, you can't you cannot assume that someone is not, you know, like I said last week, dating someone that does may not look like them or sound like them, live with someone, raised by someone. There is a black woman that walks around with her adopted white baby's adoption papers because people think she's stolen the baby, you know? And so they're calling her nanny. She has to be the nanny. So you can't assume every black woman walking down the street with a black child is the nanny. Because when you see a white family with a black child, I can almost guarantee you don't assume that white woman's a nanny. I guess you consider them woke. I don't know, we go back to that again. <laughs> You know, but what's some of the things, um, Alex, you want to share that? Oh, wait, before we do that, the R word, are you saying, Kelly, are you saying race? No, sorry. The word, uh, the word retarded. Ah. It was when we were talking about ableist yeah. language. Yeah. I still yeah. hear people use it and they're typically not even necessarily used in reference to someone with disabilities, but it's still so much in the, the culture and it, it's such a harmful word. Um, yeah, that one really gets to me. Likewise. And we have to remember years ago, they barely said it was whispered. It was almost like the, the C word, cancer. But with those that, that R word, they, it was like they were born and put away. They were immediately, you can't see them. They were institutionalized and you don't see them. And then eventually, the world, again, began to go, wait a minute, where's my child? Why can't I raise my child? And it's those, those steps. And so we have to keep um, 
we need to keep building on that's not the right word to say. You know, I don't like the when someone calls somebody stupid. Now, there is a joke amongst some of them. like, come on, man, don't be stupid. Come on. Come on. But when you call someone, especially a child, or I hear someone yell to someone, you're stupid. And I'm just like, do you have any idea? That's like saying you're too black or you're too white. You're too short. You're too heavy. You, you know, the R word. Um, all the R words. Um, it, it's horrible. So Alex, and then after that, you were saying, Alex, did you want to share what you were saying or? Um, well, I mean, not real. I, yes, no, I, <laughs> I typed it up. <laughs> had, while you were speaking, I had plenty of time, Leslie, if you know what I'm saying, to type up a lot of, a lot of words. Um, yeah, I mean, look, the, the, the it, it's universal. It, it's it it culturally, it's um, very offensive, no matter what color you are. Um, sometimes culturally, depending on where you are, it's just like you know, I, I get over to Hong Kong, and my guys over there, the first thing most of the women said is, "Oh, you know, not hello," or "You look fat." I'm like what? Like I just got off a plane and I look fat, like. But to them, everything is just super literal, you know? So it took me a while to catch on that if I was smiling, they would say, you look happy. If I was frowning, they would say, you look sad. It wasn't, it wasn't really intended as literal as, as they, the language came out. Whether that was just a translation from Cantonese to English, you know, who knows, whatever, or culturally. But, <clears throat> you know, listen... I've been, I am white, <laughs> hold a piece of paper next to my face. I'm pretty white. So, um, you know, wherever I've been, I've always been referred to that way. And my, that negative has probably been a positive, as I said, in, in the chat, which is, you know, a better awareness of what others go through. Now, everybody's level is different. We just talked about sensitivities and some people are more sensitive to it than others. Um, you know, so uh, that's all I was just sharing that sometimes it's, it's a cultural thing. And then sometimes it's a shocking thing. And, you know, down South to be called a Yankee, I'm like, who the hell calls anybody a Yankee these days? You know, like the war's over, buddy. And yet they're, they don't want to be called a redneck. So it's like, I, I don't get it either. It doesn't make any sense to me. So move on. But, um, you said so sometimes, sometimes it's exhausting. Huh? Some people take pride in that. Yeah, I, absolutely. You know, we've just gone through this whole Confederate flag stuff. You can be sure that as many NASCAR people that are standing in support of no Confederate flags, there's probably just as many or more that are, you know, posting their Confederate flags in the backyard pool, whatever. So um, anyway, that's all. No, but that just goes to show the range <laughs> for which this reaches, whether it's in school systems, Speaking about race, so the word crazy, um, um, what progressive has turned into a dirty word, a triggering word. You know, there's one group that I'm part of, and we were always the progressive group. And finally, I had to say, I, can somebody explain to me what your definition of progressive is? I don't know if that was what it be called. <laughs> like, it's totally changed. Like, I'm confused. Liberal has now been. Is a tripling is a trigger. Republican and Democrats are is are triggering words now. When when did all of this become to the point of you have to feel for some identify with one or the other and and not be, you know? Um, so it, it, it's just uh, you know I don't know I I this conversation goes on and on in my head because I'm just like. It's, there's so much that's happening of uh, phrases in just think about when you're going in. So now the part of the conversation is how do we hire people without asking these questions? You know, how do we not be biased by names or how do we, how does someone know that we're not being biased? And I was like, again, it goes back to, did you just say hello? I see you on your resume. It has and not assume and or judge by calling they and them 
or saying, hey, I think you'll get along with them. Meaning when they're walking you through the office and they only point out the people that look like you. You know, um, or is it the cool table? Remember at school, you can't sit here because you're not cool enough. You know, there's some, there was a woman when I was speaking about doing this the other day and she was just like, I hurt cool kids growing up one more time. She was because I wasn't one of them. And that's all I wanted to be. And yet I could never get to the cool table. She goes, so now when I even, so she goes, to this day at 50 something, I hear like, oh man, that's so cool. And she goes, I check her up because that's all I wanted. So are there any trigger words that, oh, someone put in, oh, Gen X boomer? Yeah. Um, did you see the job posting for the locksmith? No. Nancy, share that one. Wait. I, I just looked it up and uh, I guess it got enough feedback that uh, he decided to take it down. It was actually in Utah. It was for a locksmith and it had... Um, Comments like no uh, snowflakes need not apply. I forgot about snowflake being one of those words, right? One of those trigger words. Um, it's it basically uh, had a whole list about 25 different things that basically were calling to people who um, believed in Black Lives Matter, that believed that everybody should be treated equally, asked things like, what do you think is the fair minimum wage? And sorry, I got my window open, so you're probably <laughs> hearing it. Everything's fine. It's down the street. <laughs> but it's, wow, sorry. But it was amazing, like 25 different things. And he was making his statement, you know, oh, he wanted to know about gun rights, how we felt about gun rights. This was for a locksmith position. So apparently I tried to print it before he took it down, but um, yeah, it was, it was all over. I, can, I, I could probably go out to social media and find a screen capture from where it had been posted previously and I'll send it to you. So that's like the truth. That was, oh, that was like the church that wanted um, people of color, wanted black folks to come to church. So they put an ad out and they said, looking for black people to show up at church. You can um, have all the donuts and bagels that you want and you can even take them home. I can't make this stuff up, folks. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, and it said, we've had a meeting and we need more diversity. And that was part of the conversation. That was the ad. So yes. I, and then you said defensive, that word defensive, that was defensive to me. So what do you mean by that defensive? Oh, yeah. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Hi. Um, for me, uh, it's always been like you're being defensive about something. Usually when you're in the workplace, you're speaking up because, you know, there are times that maybe, you know, there's conflict and you have to voice your concerns back and then the feedback is you're being offensive whereas I felt it's I'm trying to stand up for myself and um, and I always try and do it in a respectful manner but then I always feel like with the, um, the few opportunities that I try to stand up for myself I get labeled as defensive so most of the time I just don't bother anymore because I just feel it's gonna fall upon deaf ears anyway so but I've always found like when I try and um, stand up for myself it's always you're being defensive and then maybe at a later date a different conversation it'll be like oh I see what you were saying initially but there's no apology for labeling me as defensive in the moment it just it is what it is so that's something that is triggering for me thank you yeah angry black woman yes and I'm always like boy oh boy we see her yet you haven't seen her. <laughs> this is me not angry. <laughs> um, and I've never really been labeled that. I've just been labeled, um, you're not nice. That's a big one. You're not nice. And I said, I'm not nice because I asked you to do what you told me you were capable of doing. 
And now that you tell me you're not capable of doing it, and I've called you out on it, I'm not nice. Then I guess I'm not nice. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just going to take that thing. But yes, defensive, angry black woman, the passive aggressive. Oh, you're being passive aggressive. You know, you, you do see that. And I, and I think that becomes more of a, um, hate to make it a male woman issue, but I think sometimes that's where that comes in. Um, you know, you're, you're just being passive or say what you want to say. And then as soon as you say it, oh, you're being too strong or don't be manly. You know, you're, you're, you're being such a man. So I'm not, shouldn't be a, a lady. <laughs> And I shouldn't be a man. So I get to be who I am, which is the best combination of all of that. Get ready now. <laughs> like, but it's different when you have, when you do stand up for yourself and you can say that doesn't work for me. But I think where we are at this moment is a great opportunity for each of us to be able to say that's unacceptable to me or that's not working for me or here's a new phrase maybe you can try, or I also also like to put it back on the person and say, what drives you crazy? And they're saying, I'm like, so do you wanna hear somebody say that to you? Oh, no, Leslie, that, I didn't mean it like that. But that's exactly what you just did. And I think sometimes having to make it um, personal and in a way that it clicks for them is another way. I see you have man's balls in a woman's body. Oh, well, my boxing name, if any of you didn't know, I'm actually a retired champion boxer, amateur boxer. But I started boxing when I was 40. So I named myself Balls Cojones because I felt if I was going to get in a boxing ring at the age of 40, I had cojones. I didn't need anybody else to tell me. And I made, and this goes back to, so about the male power, I box out of a Mexican gym, which in boxing is, it's about boxing. There's no fluffiness. I fought with men and I made all of my Mexican trainers wear a t-shirt when I fought, this is balls across the bat. And they were, just, and I was like, and I want to be introduced as Leslie Short Cajones. And they were like, wait, what? And having them say that <laughs> drove them crazy. Because it was not something that a woman should have been proud of in their culture. It's something, and in France, it's coups ma coup. You break my balls. And I took all of that in pride. Yes, coups ma coup. And my, and my ex-husband would be like, you're saying it wrong. I'm like, you know exactly what I meant, though. So sometimes these triggering things for others, again, you may, you may take it and own it. It's okay. Um, let's see, ball short. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> so what, tell me, Kelly, you say what? Ovary up? I say ovary up, because balls are so sensitive. <laughs> I love that you owned the word. I think that's fantastic. But I have, I have shifted it for myself to ovary up, because they're a little tougher and they're protected. They got a tougher coating around them. All everything else. But you take I all that. I get, I absolutely get the appropriation of the tough image of the balls. I'm thinking <laughs> anatomically too, I think is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> what other triggering words? What other triggering phrases? Anything? Uh, <laughs> what else? Anyone have anything else that you thought about in the disability world, on a phone call, just in conversation? Uh, so, Leslie, if I could ask a question, um, do you think that we should respond differently if you feel the intent is different? You know, like if if somebody you could just tell that they just don't know versus someone who's like, he knows, or they know, I shouldn't say he, right? They know that they are, you know, being offensive and they're doing it anyway. I, I do. do think, yeah. 
Yes. I think so too. But then I think, you know, on the other hand, that the people who aren't intending it need to know as well, right? Even if you think that their intention is good and not nefarious, that they should know. I say it for both. So it's just like the gentleman has said, uh, you know, the one thing I knew that his intent wasn't, yes. wasn't racial. Right. And so I pulled him aside, just he and I, and had that conversation. Yeah. And he was just like, oh, no, no, that's not. And I said, I know that's not what you mean. I said, I 100% know that's right. not what you meant. I said, and please, I'm coming to you from a space of sharing mm -hmm. as we start to do this work within the company and not as a place of scolding. Mm -hmm. and, and, that's, and then he got it. As opposed to, you know, the joke that was made, you know, right. a bunch of ends or a bunch of this or them there, them over there. That's different. And that's yeah. when I stand up a, a little taller and go, unacceptable. Yeah. And this is unacceptable to me. So if you're going to be around me, I appreciate that didn't, you didn't use that. And please know that I'm going to call you on it if I hear it again. Yeah. And so that's where I think you have to find your balance and your approach of how you want to yeah. speak with people. And I do believe that more needs to happen in our private lives. Like there's plenty of people out there in public saying, don't do this, don't do that. But in private, in, in your family gatherings, when to call it out there too, because that's really where it needs to happen. So I do a training called What's in Your Bag. And that means what do you bring? What's all the stuff that's been stuffed in your bag from home, from school, from all those things? Because if you don't understand what you're bringing and, and hearing other people, you said in the home, at the family dinners, in the jokes, um, right. then how are you supposed to get to work and separate that? Let that all, right. And so we need to um, begin to have the conversations, one with ourselves and be aware of the language that we're using. And then with others around us. You know, I did have a great call, like I said earlier today, with someone who I hadn't spoken to in years, who was, who was joking and said, well, listen, you're Jewish anyway. And I said, okay, well, I take that. I take that as an honor. I, I, I wear my badge as well. I work hard that, that, you know, for someone that is Jewish and says that, thank you. That means I respect your culture. That's how I'm not that I am Jewish, but that I respect it. But then he kept saying, but I just don't see color. And as I start breaking it down, he goes, can we please have a better conversation? Because I need to understand and I want to know more. Because now I'm concerned that I haven't been doing it right. And I said, it's not a right or wrong. Because then that starts, if you get in your head about, I did it right or wrong. It's about learning and moving forward. And, and so as a whole, I think we all need to take a step and figure out what's the best way to move forward, having these conversations, having the corrections, what are you comfortable with saying or not saying, and how you would like to, to move them forward. I know we're almost at the end. Hour goes by quickly with you all. You're amazing. And I thank you always for sharing. I am thinking about, and so let me know if you agree with this, because as we're talking about words and phrases, what bother us and trigger us and how do we deal, I've been getting a lot of comments on how tired everyone is. That ally fatigue is just done. So, um, should we talk about ally fatigue <laughs> next week and what it looks like putting all of this together that we've been speaking about? Because I hate to break it to everybody, this is a long journey. I always go, I notice a thing that just rapes as part of this whole conversation, but this is not a race. And I think for all of us that are doing the work, trying to do the work, trying to live <laughs> life as humanity, that we also need the tools to share with others that this is going to be a long race that we're going to be in. So that's where I'm thinking about going. Um, next week. As always, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for the new faces that are joined. 
Bye, everyone. I always appreciate your thoughts. And I look forward to hopefully seeing you next week. Everyone stay safe. I hope you enjoyed this episode and you will join us again soon at Visibility Unlimited. Thank you.